Today, we started out here in Austin, Texas with, it's, it's one of my favorite kinds of weather. And I forgot, I forgot that this city does this style of weather really well. It's fusion weather, okay? So essentially this morning, and it's been like this all day, this morning it started with a little bit of light rain, full sun, and it gives you just a gorgeous rainbow. Just just a real beautiful sort of euphoric sort of weather to to witness, to drive in. Oh my God. Where the rain doesn't really affect anything. It's just a little background. Gets you a rainbow. It's been like this all day. And I'm really, really uh, cautiously optimistic right now. Apparently, apparently spring is coming. Champing, champing at the bit. And maybe, knock on wood, I'm knocking on wood, y'all. Don't worry. Don't worry. I wouldn't jinx us like that. Um, maybe we don't have an ice storm this February. I'm, I, I'm just saying, perhaps spring is here-ish. It's kind of like Russell Week-ish. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. I'm your host, Deepa Shreeder. Um, Let's get into it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a much more chip, chipper mood. I, I bet you can hear it in my voice. Number one, you can hear my voice at the sort of tenor, the tremble, right? That I like to, I like to be in. And that's because I, I, I'm not waking up to deep cedar fever uh, energy. Love it. Love it for me. And the sun is out. Guys, I, I think I have the seasonal affective disorder. Really sort of changes uh, how I can sort of perceive the world when there's a little bit of sun. Vitamin D is real. Um, first topic, we're, we're back at the three things. Three things we're discussing this podcast. Though I will say, thank you so much for the amazing emails uh, and feedback I got uh, for the the Russum uh, interview that I did with my mother last podcast. I'm I'm I I feel like I'm like not grasping the English language very well in the beginning of this. Have I have I lost my ability to podcast? <laughs> I'm phrasing it weird. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll get back into it. A little rusty. But uh, it was kind of amazing because I, I knew that people were going to listen to it. It was the most downloaded uh, podcast I've ever done. So can't wait to tell my mother about that. Maybe she'll hear it. Who knows? But sh- her episode was the most downloaded episode I've ever done for Sick Palette. And that is... Humbling. 
I'll tell you what. <laughs> We're humbled. But um, I loved hearing either uh, people's own origin stories with Russum or people getting really excited about Russum. Um, and yeah, I let me tell y'all, I love the emails. I love the DMs. I love the messages. I love the conversation. I do implore y'all, please, if you feel up to it, you have the courage, go ahead and comment, you know, uh, in the sub stack, in the, in the, uh, below on the posts, if, if you feel like this is a conversation that can be had by many, go ahead and do that because um, I don't know what it says about the sick palate audience in general, but we're all pretty much a very private bunch, you know, <laughs> which is very sweet for me, not so sweet for my analytics. Y'all, y'all feel me? So, you know, help, help me help you help me. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, what is that first thing? First thing that we're going to talk about, it's, it's sort of, we're at the end, the tail end of this huge Russum endeavor, this Russum project. Don't worry. Russum is not going anywhere, obviously, in our lives, in culture, or on the Substack. Um, there's going to be some really fun things that have come out of these couple of weeks, and I can't wait to talk more about that uh, and the Russum front. So stay tuned. But uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about kind of as like maybe a little bit of a closer on, on um, discussing all things Russum. What is so funny, when I started researching about Russum, I kind of had to take take a pretty long walk. <laughs> Let's just say that. A really long walk to get to where did Russum come from? And by the way, that is pretty much still uh nothing is solidified in that claim. What most people can agree with in my research of figuring out where exactly Russum comes from is that it is not indigenous to India. I mean, it's not indigenous to South India. Sorry. Let me, let me not get myself in a little bit of trouble here. Um, and it started with an immigrant community where the sort of conflict of like what is a theory and what is fact is the fact that many people theorized what immigrant community it was that really has their claim to fame to Russum. And I was thinking about linking um, some of the stuff, but I, I realized everything is unsubstantiated. Uh, and one one post I I wrote I read from some sort of like Indian scholar. We're playing fast and loose with the word scholar. Felt just straight up 
pretty problematic. (laughs) And I realized maybe it doesn't matter so much. I do love finding out food origin. I do think food origin is very, very important. Don't get me wrong. Y'all know we've talked about the origins of gin on this podcast. We've talked about the origins of many things. We've talked about the origins of ketchup. One of our most popular posts here on the Sick Palate Substack. Check it out. Um, I love to just learn about food origin. Um, but when something doesn't feel like we're sticking to the facts, there's no reason for me to link it up. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do implore y'all to do your own research. And, and hey, if you guys on your own are like, hey, Lipa, actually, have you, have you taken a look at this? Who knows? Maybe I haven't. I've poured over a lot this past week. I'll tell you what. But if you think there's something um, that feels pretty substantial in that, then then let me know. Right now, what I do think is really wonderful is that Russum started started as fusion food, right? I, I like to make the claim that all food is pretty much fusion because it is. Um, and this idea that this is what makes food quote unquote authentic is if you make it this one particular way. Um, we, we like to mix up those two words a lot. Uh, and those two words are traditional and authentic. And what I would challenge people who, who really believe in the sanctity of food recipes and what makes a dish this dish and what it doesn't is, um, I don't know, can you, can you honor the spirit of a dish without it having been done exactly in the steps that one deems as the official dish. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Did I say that weird? Probably. Um, What I'm trying to say is traditional dishes, that, that also feels a little bit like tough territory, especially when it comes to a lot of Eastern cooking, right? We, um... We are so sort of bound, and that's kind of, I think, shown by my mom's like Russum Bordy um, recipe. We're sort of bound by what household believes to be the like true version of something, right? Um, I hate the claim that a lot of people have where like, oh, it's because, you know, our culture is an oral one, but that's not necessarily true. Like things have been written down. It's just that everything has been written down by one family's perspective. Do you know what I'm saying? So Indian cooking, because there is no such thing as the, you know, every man Indian, right? Someone in North India cooks vastly different food than what my family grows up cooking. And maybe not particularly my family because my family also, you know, my father, um, has has traveled all over India, has lived in North India. My mom is from Delhi. So like maybe actually more in common with my family than other South Indians. You know what I'm saying? But food in India 
first of all, not monolithic, but also, more importantly, deeply subjective. And I love that in this search for how Rustin came to be, it really is like some people believe that, you know, it's it's a chef dealing with some king's whims. It's and other people believe that it was an a immigrant community that was here in Madure and other people, really problematic people, uh <laughs> believe that, you know, it was a magical holy magician who really wanted to show all outsiders why he's better than everyone. And I don't know why that, that that's out there. That's out there. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, but the point is, it's here. And it's become so, so important. The origin of Rasam is not as important as what Rasam is today. And to me, that's a very, very hopeful story. And I think, yes, there are some people out there that truly take a dish and do a lot of dishonor to it, for sure. <laughs> but there is a way to take the flavors of something uh, and, and keep impressing on it and keep figuring out the different turns it can take. I don't know. I love, I love an origin story where I'm setting out, trying to figure something out. And at the end of it, it's more more than an origin story. It's just like an allegory. It's like an Aesop's fable. You know what I mean? It's a gift of a magi situation here. So, thing one. We learned a lesson, y'all. Gorgeous. Very after-school special, if I may say so. Let's get into thing two. <sighs> now, thing two. Thing two uh, has to deal with a food trend that I'm not a fan of. Uh, and I'm talking strictly on social media. Um, you, you know, <laughs> and I have a feeling this one's here to stay. I don't know how else to explain this style of content making, this video uh, sort of genre that is sort of popping up. And I like to call it food slop video, Right. And it's mostly um, just these huge, giant food influencer accounts, um, and it's and it's always run by a male. I'll I'll leave it at that. All right, but uh, it's it's the creator <laughs> um, sort of slamming ingredients down, whether or not they need to be slammed. And, and just sort of like sloshing things around. Just like having a fun, a fun time making a mess. Making a big old mess in the kitchen in a masculine way. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you I hate it. <laughs> I hate it for a few reasons. Okay, number one. Um, I, I just feel like from an educational point... If you're trying to show a recipe, and I understand it's supposed to be visually arresting. I get it. I get it. I understand. Okay. But it it doesn't feel like it's coming from a place where it there's. Uh, okay, let me start over here because I'm, I'm just tripping over my words because I'm, I'm 
this is how you know like the neurons are not transmitting because I I am I'm having more rage about it than I'm letting on. <laughs> if y'all ever want to know when I'm really feeling it on this podcast, when when you feel that you're like God, she's pausing quite a bit. That's what's happening. I'm trying to translate my rage so it sounds like normal human um, sort of computations on the matter. And that's where we're at. Ooh, letting you see how the sausage is made. <laughs> okay, let me let me get into this. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like very um, compelling from an educational point. And maybe like that's not the point of these videos, right? The videos mostly on social media are about engagement. They are about sort of making sure that you continue to watch and you want it to be quick. And by the way, I like a quick video too. I do. You know, I I understand the need for them. I will say though, these videos continue to gain popularity and the recipes get more and more insane when you want to prepare it in this slop style. I saw one guy like literally like, throwing chicken broth around. And I was like, this is a food safety issue. What's going on? Like, you can't just throw broth around? What are you, nuts? <laughs> like, excuse me? And who am I to say that someone shouldn't be doing that? They have thousands and thousands of likes. Um, but I will say, if you go to a restaurant and you are sloppy in the kitchen, you are the person everyone hates at the restaurant. Just so you know, if you're a young cook and you listen to this podcast, right, and you want to know how to become less hateable in your kitchen, because we all know that's how that goes, get cleaner. Wh- whatever whatever you think, if you're like, God, I, I already have a pretty clean sh- like station chef, I'm good. Get cleaner. Fold your towels. Oh my God. I one time collabed with someone who refused to fold any of their towels. They were not uh, restaurant trained. They didn't go to culinary school. This was my bad. They would just sort of like keep crumpling their towels wherever they would go. Um, that was tough. That was a tough time. Tough time for me. <laughs> fold your towels, please. <laughs> And keep your station clean. You know, that is the difference, by the way, between good cooking and great cooking. I know that sounds insane. You're like, what does that have to do with seasoning? What does that have to do with the recipe? What does that have to do with making a dish? It has everything to do with it. Cooking is definitely about being creative. But really, the only way that creativity can sort of kind of shine in any kitchen is if you are organized. I hate to say, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you gotta just keep it tight and clean and neat in the kitchen and then go crazy with the ideas. And that I think with this like kind of slop, slop cooking that I just see everywhere now on, on my algorithm, right? I started watching one and then they then Instagram was like, I feel like you'll need five more. And I, by the way, I watched all five. I probably would have kept watching if I 
didn't remember. I have a, I have a list. I have a list that I've not gotten done, but, um, it is a very interesting sort of style. And it, to me also, the reason why I think it, it sort of affects me is because, um, carelessness, carelessness is usually given to one, like it's a, it's sort of like a cool way of showing bravado when it's come from one demographic and um, not everyone gets to sort of play in that arena. You know, that's just not, that's just not the case and that's fine. It is what it is. But having that be like one of the top styles of food videos, um, I don't know. It's it's it 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 really does sadden me because it is not showing people the value of skill, right? And by the way, if you're in the game of content creation, there's already, especially if you are in the food game, I'll tell you what, there is a lot of food waste, a lot. A whole lot, especially the bigger you get. I I gotta let y'all know to make those videos behind the scenes. Ninety percent of those shoots, I've been on shoots where I'm like, "Wow, that is a lot of food waste," and I've been on shoots where I was like, "Wow, that was pretty sustainable." And the difference is organization. That is the difference. That's a huge, big difference. And I, I can't imagine when you're watching, oh man, I was about to say an account name. I'm not going to do that. Um, when you're watching sort of that style of video, I, I can't imagine <laughs> what, what the waste is there. I saw one video where the dude was like um, shucking oysters <laughs> I was like crying and like from laughter, but it was just like brine everywhere. And I was like, this is, this can't be real. This can't. And in, in the, like, you know, and he's all tatted up and, you know, you know, he may or may not have had a toothpick in his mouth. (laughs) Also stop with the toothpicks. It doesn't make any sense. Why do you have a toothpick? Explain, explain. I learned a few things when I was studying filmmaking, okay? And and it's actually the same as like cooking in a lot of ways, right? In filmmaking, you have mise-en-scene. And in cooking, you have mise-en-place, right? And if you are shooting a scene, if you're shooting content, let's just say, the reasons why you're doing anything has purpose, So if you're just like chopping a bunch of vegetables, why is there a toothpick in your mouth? Can I ask? What does that have to do with the scene? I just feel like I understand a lot of things. I understand the need for things to be visually arresting. I understand, you know, in the social media game, being able to look a certain way. I get it. I get it. I do. 
I understand and I respect it too. All of that takes work. It does. What I don't understand though is other than getting views, um, what, what is food slop content creation doing for any of us? And it's always like simple recipe. Okay, now I'm just hating. That's hating. I'm getting into hating territory. Anyways, y'all, that's, that's all I'll say. Follow cooks. Follow chefs. Follow, follow the people who are creating food and knowing how to fold a towel. Follow them. Okay? Let's, let's find a way to halt the algorithm. Did I just become, like, honestly, like, the sort of, like, you know, tattletale of the culture? I just don't like it. Don't, I'm all for a little fun and games, you know? I've never been the goody two-shoes, but don't, don't throw chicken juice around. Just don't do it. That's where I, I, the buck stops here. Chicken juice. You heard it from me. Let's get on to thing three. Let's, let's wrap it up. So a little bit of truth time here. 90% of the time with this podcast, I try to record all three sections at the same time. I do that because obviously it's efficient, right? Uh, if I'm able to at least record the content, even if it doesn't mean editing or uploading the content, the thing, the most important part of it is done. Currently, I am still in the middle of my work week and it's Sunday night. I have been working for hours on end. I can't even like look at my phone screen. I'm talking into the phone, but I am definitely not looking at it. I can't look at another screen. I say all of this because um, today was one of those days where it was just a bunch of deadlines, had to get it done. Otherwise, I've been actively trying to take Sundays off. Um, Some weeks I'm more successful than others. Obviously, this week is not a successful one when it comes to rest. Um, And I thought about that because I've never thought about rest as as a measurement of success. And I kind of want to talk about that. I know it's it's not necessarily food. um, It's not a food-centric topic, but it is a creative topic. It is a good topic for creators. Um, I am very successful this Sunday in making sure I got a lot of things done that had a hard deadline. That is good. That was a success. But in order for that success to happen, I had to fail at another goal of mine, which was rest. And there was something that felt so nice to to shift everything in that sort of like mind abacus. Guys, <laughs> want to tell if someone is tired, they're going to say stuff like mind abacus, okay? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it just sort of made everything feel a little bit easier. 
when I started to sort of think of rest as one of my goals. And when I didn't, didn't make that happen, it's a failure. I know that sounds like, wait, wait, I don't understand. When, when you think about wellness, especially, I feel like wellness in the way it's talked about here in the modern world, um, it's always about like sort of like just the stringent positivity. And it's important to be positive in your work. It is, especially right now as a creative, it is hard out there. And the people that are going to be able to make their projects happen, their stuff happen, have to sort of be um, more more than uh, at all times a creative should be delusional. Absolutely. I believe in that 100%. You have to believe and know, know you are going to be deeply successful. There is not going to be one person, no matter how much somebody loves you, no matter how much somebody supports you, no one will believe in you in the way you believe in you. And if you don't believe in yourself uh, more than any other person, get out of the game. This is not, it has nothing to do with being humble or not always be humble, obviously. But if you don't believe in the thing you're doing, get out of the game. Get out. Don't waste your time. Don't waste anyone else's time. Um, but I feel like for me, um, when we talk about wellness and when we talk about like, oh, it's just so good to prioritize self-care, it, it, sort of, um, it sort of feels empty. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... It it doesn't, it, it feels like I'm checking a box because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. It's a, it, it's a very strange time in our capitalistic world in the sense that like no, nowhere <laughs> at any point of time, I remember we have talked about rest so much as we do right now. And there is no other time that I remember is harder to rest than at this time. It's so strange. People are constantly talking about self-care, but in order to make things happen in our world, it is all about grinding harder and harder and harder. And no one talks about it. And it makes me go a little bit crazy. And what has made me feel a little bit better has taken the anxiety down is realizing that in order for me to do one thing, another thing has to suffer. And you're like, maybe in your head, you're like, well, that's that's what we've been doing for ages. That's why we're talking about self-care. I'm not saying, though, that it's the work that always has to be prioritized. I'm saying that when you put rest on that same sort of I'm going to use it again, and I don't know why. It's because now it's just stuck in my head. That mental abacus, right? It's just another line with a bunch of colored beads on it. And if it's on the same sort of um, area where your actual goals are, then that makes it so much easier to achieve, right? 
Because this week, if I want to make sure I rest, and I do, I really do. Because I also know there's severe consequences when I don't. If I want to make that happen, that means there's going to be some work that's going to be just like left behind a little bit. And that's, that's the reality of it. That, I think, is what we need to talk about. You can't have it all. Every week you can't have it all. You just can't. You, you cannot have it all. And I want that to be just sort of freeing for everybody. I hope it's as freeing for you as it is for me. This week, I got a lot of work done. I got a lot of deadlines done. That's great. I failed really hard at rest. God, that's freeing. That means this week, I'm going to make rest a priority. Places I can, where, oh, I can either work or I can rest, I'm going to rest. Doesn't mean I don't work hard. It just means that is going to be something that I'm going to succeed at this week. I don't know. Putting it on your mental abacus, just maybe, maybe (laughs) Monday morning, right? After I get some rest tonight, I'll be like, why did you say mental abacus? But it'll be too late because I'm going to trick myself by uploading this podcast. There's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) It's already out there. So there's going to be someone, someone, I promise you, this week that's going to text me mental abacus and I'm going to feel shame. It's okay. I'm ready for it. Excited about it. Can't wait. That's all I got this week. That's, that's what I have for you. Um, food origins. Not as important as we thought. Number two. Please. No more slop food cooking. It's only going to get bigger. Number three, sometimes you will fail at rest. Make it up next week. Do a better job next week and fail at work. All right, guys. Um, I've got a lot of fun interviews coming up. I'm really excited because this year... Uh, Sick Palette is really, really expanding in a lot of fun, different ways. There's going to be a couple new subsections. Um, there's going to be um, a few collaborators. It's it's going to be a little bit wild, but I am really, really excited. And uh, that brings me to my next point. We are going to be doing a whole lot more this year. We already have started to do a whole lot more this year and if you can and if you want to and if you like the content think about becoming a paid subscriber I don't know either $30 a year or $5 a month obviously if you do $5 a month that's 60 bucks a year so maybe it makes more sense to do that annual 30 bucks you know just half that uh, make that happen for yourself or If you want to give more than that, you can become a founding member. And if you are like, "Uh uh-uh, 
I can't do 30 a year. I can't do 60 a year. I'm not going to give you more than that. Email me. I'm serious. Email me and let me know what you can do. If you are like, I want to get behind that paywall. I want to see all the recipes. I want to get all the archives. I need to know. Just let me know because I want to work with you um, and see where we can get to so you can get behind that paywall. And that's that's it. That's the show, y'all. Um, I will have in my show notes things that are coming up in Sick Palette on the Substack. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or all the other places that people listen to podcasts um, and you're like, I don't get such show notes the way you become uh, privy to the show notes is through the Substack. See, see how that is? Clever. Okay, I really am done. I need a glass of wine. I need a glass of wine in my bed. Well, I hope you guys have a great night or an early great morning whenever you're listening to it. And I hope uh, you've added rest to your mental abacus. I have to go. Goodbye.